So, hey, Jesus, how is my life going to turn out? How's it going to play out? How's this going to go? It's really a question about what's going to happen next. And as human beings, we're infatuated with that. As human beings, we want to know. That's why we created the Magic 8-Ball, to kind of help us out a little bit, right? That's why people mess with crystals. That's why people mess with the horoscope. And that's why when you were in grade school, in study hall, you would get a piece of paper and you would make one of these things, right? Like one of these things. <laughs> well, they go out with me and then you spell their name, right? <laughs> oh, yes, right? Here's the funny thing. A lady sitting right down front in the earlier service made one of these for me during my sermon. <laughs> so if that lets you know, you got any papers? It's going to be boring. I just want to. <laughs> cool, huh? And that's why we do fortune cookies. We go to, you know, change restaurants. Have you ever done this? Have you ever at the end of the meal and you got your fortune cookie and you didn't tell anybody, right? You're not telling anybody because you don't want to, you know, it's just a fortune cookie. It's just a cookie. But secretly in your brain, you've you got something you're trying to figure out, and you're going, I'm going with whatever this thing says. <laughs> you know, you don't say it, and you're like, oh, no. Um, so um, we're going to give you a fortune cookie on your way home when you leave today. Everybody's going to get one of these. I'm not kidding. I'm not making this up. We're going to give you a fortune cookie just, to, just because it's fun, and uh, we can. And there, I think there's positive. They're not Jesus fortune cookies. It's not like a Bible verse. Come on. I mean, it's just, but it, it should, you know, at least be fun. But in a conversation over lunch or dinner with Jesus, you have to just know that the subject of the future and what's going to happen next is bound to come up. And here's why. Because at some point in the conversation, it's going to dawn on you, wait a second, he knows. He knows what's going to happen. So I'm going to ask, hey, Jesus, what about this? Jesus, I got to know. I got to know. I mean, we assume he's going to know because he's Jesus and we need some insider info so that we can prepare, so that we can make changes and come on, adjust our expectations because we've been down this road before and we've been disappointed. We've been let down and we're just like, I'm not going down that road again. I don't need any more pain. I, if this ain't going to work out, I need to know right now. And so Jesus, I just need to know this. And I know you got a lot of people asking you a lot of things, but I just need to know because I don't like surprises and I don't want to deal with the unexpected. And to be quite honest, I'm dealing with a lot of fear and anxiety over this situation and I really need to know. I really want to know. What is that for you? Sometimes I think it's a lot of things that we would like to know. I mean, gosh, I mean, if you're offering up answers for stuff we don't know, I got a list, Right. And I can make it up on the fly. But there may be one thing that nags at you or a recurring thing over and over again. I, I only put some stuff up on the screen. Here's a list. You may find yourself somewhere on this list. You may have something totally different that I even think about. But this will kind of help us get going. Maybe you're thinking, Jesus, will I ever find love? Will I ever fall in love? Will I ever find love again? Right? Will I ever get married? Do I know them? <laughs> Right? If I already met them, you know, how's this going to go? I would really never know. Are we going to have a baby? That would be great to know. Um, 
And, and maybe you're pregnant, you're expecting, and you're dealing with the normal anxiety that comes with that. And you're, and you're thinking, Jesus, I just need to know, is my baby going to be healthy? You know, it's just you're consumed by that. It's very normal, natural. How about my job, Jesus? Am I going to find a job? Am I going to get a job? Am I going to get laid off? Am I going to lose my job? I need to know. Jesus, I have two opportunities here. Do I take this job or do I take this job? Am I going to get a raise in my job? Will I ever be able to retire from my job? Yeah. Hey, Jesus, what about my kids? I need to know about my kids. Are they going to be okay? Right, man, I'm not worried about this kid, but this one? <laughs> yeah, you know it. I think it'll be okay. Um, Jesus, are they going to turn around? Because they're heading in a really dangerous direction in life. And they're kind of self-destructing. And they're not listening. And they won't let me help. Are they, are they going to turn around? Somebody even asked the question, boy, this is just... Jesus, am I going to outlive my children? Or are my children going to outlive me? Will I see my grandkids? Will I get to know them and hold them? It's heavy stuff, isn't it? Uh, Jesus, am I ever going to feel better? Is this, you know, am I ever going to get healed? How long is this going to happen? Jesus, how long is this going to go on in my life? This situation at home, this situation at work, this situation with my health, how long? How long am I going to deal with this problem, and is it ever going to get any easier? Is this ever going to get easier? Can I expect? I Just help me. Jesus, listen, I just need to know how to adjust my expectations, right? So if it's not going to get any easier, just tell me, right? I just need to know. When am I going to die? I got to prepare. And how am I going to die? Hmm. Jesus, what about them? What about them? Are, are they good for me? Or do I need to avoid them? Are they going to hurt me down the road? Because I've been hurt before and I don't want to be hurt again. If you could just give me a heads up. Basically, am I going to be okay? Or some form of that, you have your own questions. We want to know. Unfortunately, I can't tell you the answer to those questions. Because I don't know. I can't give you the answers you want or need. I have no prophetic word from the Lord. Beware and cautious of anyone who comes to your life and says they do. But what I can do is kind of help us know how to journey through the unknown together. So what is it? I want you to be thinking about what would you ask Jesus? What is it just nagging? I just want to know. I got to know. Jesus, if you could just tell me just, just one thing or just these three things or whatever. I want you to be thinking about those things. And it's probably going to be a little different for everybody. And as you're thinking about them, right up front, I'm going to give you two quick behaviors to try to avoid when you're thinking through all of that. And then we'll spend most of our time talking about two behaviors to embrace. Again, I can't give you the answers you want or need. You're not going to walk out of here and you're like, I got it, I got it. Yay. Yeah, it was in the forger cookie. You're not, no. But let's begin with this. Maybe this will help. Here's what you want to try to avoid. Control and worry. Worry and control. Control and worry. And, and these are kind of related to one another, and sometimes we do both of them, but you probably, based on your personality, lean more heavily to one or the other. And, and perhaps you're the control person, right? 
And you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know when it's going to happen. You don't know how it's going to happen. So you're just going to take matters into your own hands and call it responsibility. <laughs> it's control. It's control, right? I'm going to enforce it. I'm going to push it. I'm going to make it happen. And you'll manipulate situations. Mm, if you're not careful, you may manipulate people. And it's really hard to see in the mirror. It's really hard to know you struggle with control when you struggle with control because we have our own ways of just kind of, you know, just glossing over it. And it's just, I'm just, hey, I'm just taking responsibility. I'm just taking initiative. I'm just being a driver and going, and, you know, oh, okay, great. It's control. Be careful there. Be careful. There's help. You can get help. You can get better at this. And you can learn not have to have control of everything because you figured this out by now. The reason you're trying so hard to control things is because you can't control things. It drives you nuts, doesn't it? So try to, try to avoid that with whatever it is you, you wish you could ask Jesus. And Jesus give you, you know, here's everything you need to know. And so I'm just going to take matters into my own hands. You make some mess of things. It makes things worse. You can hurt yourself. You can hurt people. And it just complicates things. But then there's worry. Others of you are on the other side of the spectrum. You're like worry. I, I, I'm, I'm past control. I, I'm just eaten up with worry. What if this? What if this? What if that happens? What if not? And what if they? And what if this? And what if I? And what if when? And what if? And what if? And you what if yourself to death all the scenarios. You play them out over and over and over again until you are paralyzed with fear and anxiety. Yeah, I'm not telling you that you're a horrible person. I'm telling you you're human and you just need to be aware if you find yourself, and it's hard to see in the mirror when you're struggling with control, and it's hard to see in the mirror when even though you know you worry too much, it's hard to admit these things about ourselves. But understanding these are unhealthy distractions. Worry is an unhealthy distraction from reality because it hasn't happened yet, and it may never happen. And isn't it true that most of the things we worry about don't really happen, especially not to the degree that we worry about them? But both of these are pointless, really. Because you can't control things. You can't control things. You can't control situations. You can't really control people. And worrying changes nothing. So that's why with whatever it is you're trying to figure out, whatever scenario that you're trying to get your mind around, and say, I just need to know so that I know what to expect, so I know where this is going, so I can adjust my expectations, so I can make changes along the way, so I don't be hurt again, so I'm not disappointed, so I'm not let down. All of the reasons that make a whole lot of sense you want to know and you wish Jesus would just tell you that God would give you a sign or drop some big hint or, I don't know, Avoid these and instead embrace. There's a better way. We'll spend the rest of our time unpacking it. Embrace this. Begin by living intentionally with whatever it is you don't know what you want to know about. Whatever it is, live intentionally. Decide to live with purpose, with intentionality, in that situation. I don't know what's going to happen. Okay, but you can live intentionally. Just because you don't know what's going to happen doesn't mean you're helpless. Doesn't mean you can't do anything. I don't know what's going to happen with my job. I don't know where my business is going. I don't know if this is going to be a good deal or a bad deal. If I need to go into business with them or I don't, or if I need to buy or sell or sell or buy, I, I don't know. And I don't know if I need to bring them into my life or, or, or just kind of put some boundaries and distance there. I, I don't know if I should see this doctor and go with this treatment or if it's going to be better to go this doctor and this treatment. I just don't, I don't know. Well, here's what you can do. You can live 
with intentionality and, and it'll help you at least take a next step. When you live in intentionality, rather than just living, you get to experience something called purpose. Now, often we just kind of go on autopilot. Here's what King David said in his prayer, and it kind of helped him, and I think it'll help you. This is a very, very familiar passage. Maybe you've heard this before. David said, God, teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days. This is not really about counting your days as much as it is making your days count. There's a difference. Make your day. Lord, help me to make my days count. Live with intentionality. Live with intention and purpose. And when you do so, you gain a heart of wisdom. So it's asking the question, like, what can I do? What can I do? I can't control Right? I, 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 can't, I can't worry my way to an answer, but what can I do healthily? What can I do with wisdom? What can I do and then do that? Again, control, you don't want to go there. Worry, that's not going to help you either, but what can I do? In fact, the better question is what should I do? Because don't we all know that just because you can doesn't mean you should. Just because you can say it to your adult children and help them figure out their life doesn't mean you should say it to your adult children. Too personal? Okay. Just because you can walk into your boss's office and doesn't mean you should. Just because you can say this to your friend and do this and just because you can manipulate the deal so that it goes your way doesn't mean you sh- mm, Are you with me? Just so it, I don't know how this is going to play out. So what, do I control, take matters in my own hands, or do I just sit paralyzed with worry and fear and anxiety? What, what do I do? What can you do? More importantly, what should you do? What is the God-honoring thing for you to do? Do that. Do that. Live with intentionality. We'll apply it here in a minute. Let me finish it out. Live intentionally and then trust relentlessly. Live intentionally and then trust God relentlessly. Now, you expected me to say something probably about trusting God. I mean, if you were to like, okay, he's going to talk about this. I bet at some point this is going to get to trusting because, you know, I can't, I can't make it happen. I can't, I, I try, I can't control, I can't worry it into reality. So eventually, well, I'm just going to trust God, I guess, you know. I mean, we kind of know that. We kind of expect that. And there's a lot of truth to that. But maybe what you didn't expect is the relentless part. And it's what I often have to really warm up to is the relentlessness of trusting. See, with the things that are going on in your life and you don't know how they're going to play out, yes, live intentionally. But when it comes to trusting God, you're going to have to trust God on and on and on and again and again and again, not just one time, not just in a very spiritual weekend, and that was a great weekend at church and I'm feeling good, not just for one month at the beginning of the year, you know, in January and it's your news resolution. No, 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 no. On and on again and again, over and over and over, you're going to have to trust with the same things over and over and over again. That's why it's relentless. But we shouldn't be surprised 
Paul tells us that that's the way life with God is supposed to work. Our journey with Jesus is the way it's designed to work. This is just in the DNA of the stuff to begin with. Paul writes to the Corinthians that we live by faith, not by sight. Right? We, we live by faith, and the word faith is the word trust. We live and journey by trusting God, not by seeing and knowing and figuring out and understanding everything. Here's the kicker. Here's the challenge. I would much rather live by sight than by faith. Anybody else with me? I would rather know it, understand it, and feel it, and be able to figure it out, anticipate it. I mean, that's just me. No, it's not just me. It's all of us. Like, like, I would rather know for sure. This trusting thing, this faith thing, whew, that's hard. Yes, it is. But that's the way it works. That's the way of our journey. We live by faith. See, I don't like that. Well, okay, I don't like it a lot of times too, but it doesn't change it. It doesn't stop it to becoming a reality. Trust relentlessly over and over and over again. That's the way of life. That's the way we live. That's the way we journey. King David's son, Solomon, said it like this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's relentless. And, and don't lean just on your own understanding. Because that's what I want. What I see, what I know, what I understand. What I can figure out, what I can calculate, what I can figure out. No, that's going to fall short. And you're going to have to learn how to trust relentlessly with all your heart, with everything you've got, every part of your being, relentlessly. Hmm. Thinking? Let's go back. Thinking about this? Where are you? What is it that you really wish Jesus would just tell you? That you've been praying and praying and praying and praying and hoping? That, that, you, that you've been looking for a sign? That you've been kind of trying to wheel and deal with God? God, if you could just, and God, if you would just let me, and God, if I could just figure this out, and God, if I, you know, what is it? What is that with you? You, you, you trust relent? You live intentionally, and then you trust relentlessly, and then you live intentionally, and then you trust relentlessly, and then you keep living intentionally on and on and on. Well, let, let's just tease this out a second. Am I ever going to find love? Am I ever going to get married? Live intentionally with that, right? Keep asking them out. Wear them down, man. That's what you can do. That's what you can do. And then as you are living intentionally you trust relentlessly, right? Because you don't want to make them say yes. You don't want to try to control that situation because you won't be a date number two. Yeah, you trust relentlessly. Hey, are we going to ever have a baby? We're going to get pregnant? Well, you know what living intentionally looks like with that. Have fun. <laughs> yeah. But then you trust relentlessly. What about my job? What can you do? You can show up and go to work. You can show up and go to work. You can live intentionally. You can keep applying for jobs. You can keep applying for jobs. You can keep going to interviews. You can keep going, keep going, living intentionally, being faithful with what's in front of you. You trust relentlessly. Am I going to get better? 
Am I ever gonna, am I ever, is this ever gonna get easier? What can you do? Put one foot in front of the other, do the next right thing, live intentionally and trust over and over and over again. What about my kids? What about my kids? How are they going to turn out? What's going to go? What you can do is parent faithfully. Parent with love and faithfulness every day. Same thing over and over and over again. And then ultimately, parents, you know, ultimately they have the free will. They have a mind of their own. You have to trust them. Oh, one of the most challenging things with parenting, right, is understanding that this precious gift from God, you, you have to give back. Well, not me. Okay, well, good luck with that. Good luck with that. Hmm. What, what about this person in your life? What do you do with them? Because it's a difficult, difficult person, difficult relationship, difficult scenario. I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know what to do with them. I, they're so unreasonable, and this is so iffy, and, and I've been hurt before, and I don't know how to avoid being hurt again. And I, What about them? What can you do? You can live intentionally. And here's what living intentionally with them looks like. You're going to be surprised. Love first. You love them first. You love them first. The first thing you do is love them. What's the second thing? Love them first. What's the third thing? See love first. Yeah. And then ultimately, you have to trust the results to the hand of the Lord. Whew, that's hard, isn't it? That's why it's relentless. I mean, what else are you going to do? What else are you going to do? Control your way to the, to the outcome you want? Good luck with that. What else are you going to do? Worry it into reality? Has that helped? No. So you live intentionally and trust relentlessly. But see, that's just the thing, right? That's just the thing that makes this so difficult because you hear me say that, and in your mind you may agree with this, but there's a question deep inside of your gut in places you don't want to talk about at parties kind of thing. And the question may sound a little bit like, but is, but is God trustworthy? Because I've been disappointed before. And I've been hurt before. And I've been let down before. Is God trustworthy? Can I trust God with this situation? That's why I want to know. I just want to know. I just wish he would tell me. Because I don't, I don't want to put myself out there again, right? I'm too excited. I'm tired of hurting. I'm tired of this round robin. I'm tired of the reality. Is God trustworthy? And maybe you, you have a hard time with this relentless trust thing because every time you've put your trust, not every time, but maybe a lot of times, and maybe you get dramatic and think it's every time, you put your trust in one of God's kids. They've let you down. And you're like, well, God, if you do me the way they did me. Yeah. Because what we want is a guarantee, isn't it? We want a promise. See, a lot of times people think that when they trust God, it guarantees the outcome that they want. That, that, that's what we say without saying it when we're like, hey man, just trust God with it. And then we may go on and say, it's going to be all right. Just trust God with it. Just trust God with it. Just trust God with it. And you walk away going, you're right. I should trust God with it. And then I'm going to get what I want. But what happens when you don't get what you want? And you've been trusting relentlessly. Let me answer the question for you. Is God trustworthy? Yes. Completely. Through and through. In ways that our human brains cannot fully comprehend and understand. 
God is completely trustworthy, but that does not mean that bad things won't still happen to you. Even though you are living intentionally and trusting relentlessly. See our talk together last week. Go back to last week's sermon. Bad things happening to good people. doesn't mean bad things are not going to happen, and it doesn't mean you won't be disappointed. Let me take this a step further. And I want to be careful of what I'm getting ready to say next, that I say it as clearly as I humanly possibly can, because I don't want you to misunderstand. And if you try to soundbite me on this, you're going to miss something. Okay? So listen carefully. What I'm getting ready to tell you now is a hard truth. It is something that requires a mature response. And I, and I, think, I think we're ready for it. But I also will let you know it sounds and feels like heresy. That, that, that No, that, that's not right. And, and somebody's going to want to pick up a rock and throw it. So hold your stoning rocks and let me ease you into it. Let me give you the first part of this. God never fails. You know this part. You probably don't have any problem with this part. God never fails in more ways than we can possibly imagine. God never fails. Got that? We clear? But he will let you down. God never fails, but he will let you down. You will eventually experience disappointment and let down in regards to God. Now, he never fails. Let me be clear. God does no wrong. And in the end, we will see it so crystal clearly that he has done all things well. But until then, I don't care what your favorite worship song says. I don't care what your neighbor says. I don't care what that book you were reading says. According to how Jesus taught us, go back to what we talked about last week. According to what the scriptures teach us. We're going to experience a disappointment and a letdown, even in regards to God. Till the day when we finally see, oh, he was flawless. Till then, God's not always going to do what you want him to do, what you've asked him to do, and what you have prayed for him to do. He won't always do that. Sometimes he's going to do something different. Maybe something better, but it may be something that feels worse. He might be protecting you from something that you don't know. He might be preparing you for something that you don't know. That's why he told us to trust with all our hearts and lean not on our own understanding because we won't always see it, and we won't always understand it, and we won't always like it, because after all, we journey by faith, not by seeing and knowing and feeling and understanding. Yeah. Hey, parents, you know this is true. You know this is true. And grandparents, you especially know, because you've been parenting longer. And now you see it in another generation. Parents, you know, you can't always give your kids, you don't always give your kids what they want. You don't always give your children what they ask. And you don't always give your children what they think they need from you. 
and you do it with their best interest in mind because you love them, right? As a pastor, as a follower of Jesus, I can tell you right now, God has let me down. He never fails. He does no wrong. But I've been disappointed. In fact, there's, a, there's some situations in my life right now that I experience disappointment, current disappointment and letdown in regards to God because of what he does and doesn't do, because of what he allows and doesn't allow and is way above my pay grade. I don't know how all that works and I don't know how he decides what he does. I just know on the user experience on my end, the consumer experience, the, the child of God experience, the let down, disappointment. I want to know what's going to happen so I don't get let down again. I want to know what's going to happen so I don't get disappointed again. I want to avoid this. I want to protect myself, protect myself and those I love, right? That's what we want to know. And we don't know. And we have to keep living intentionally and trusting relentlessly, even though sometimes we're going to be let down. We're let down often because of our unmet, unrealistic expectations that we place on God. We often expect God to do things he never promised for us. Um, often people expect God to do things he didn't promise. God said, you're ticked at God because he didn't give you the job. And God's God, I didn't tell you I was going to give you the job. You prayed, but I didn't tell you. I mean, I know you thought you saw my face in your bowl of cornflakes, but you're the cornflake. I didn't say anything. I, I mean, come on, man. We get mad at God for not fulfilling promises that he never really made to us to begin with. And sometimes, get this, this is a little funny, this will help, right? I don't know, it helps me. I mean, sometimes there's just conflicts and expectations that we place on God, right? Last week was the Super Bowl. What's God to do? There's mamas on the 49ers side praying for their precious little baby boys. Oh, Jesus, help them win, help them win, help them win. And then there's mamas on the chief side saying, oh, Jesus, help them win. Oh, Jesus, I know, Jesus, I love. And, and then... What? At least half, half of everybody walks away disappointed. And some people, some people, even though it's a game, and I'm not sure how involved God gets in football games and stuff, but if somebody walked away disappointed. And somebody walked away thinking, God, what, what gives? What God to do? Somebody's going to lose? It, it, think of the, the bride that has this beautiful, perfect weekend wedding planned on this just sprawling acreage on this farm under the big oak tree and she's praying for perfect weather and she's emailed the pastor and said, Pastor, I need you to pray that we're going to have great weather and everything, never mind the fact that the farmer who owns that property in the middle of a drought in the heat of summer is desperately praying for God to send rain. <gasps> what do you do? And she doesn't have an indoor backup plan. <laughs> How smart is that now? Right? Better have an indoor backup plan. Just saying, that's free. And what about the family in the hospital room desperately praying for God to heal their loved one who's at the point of death? And in a hospital room across the country, there's another family praying for God to give their precious loved one a new heart so they can live. And in order for this family's prayer to be answered with the heart, this family's hearts must be broken. Do you see what I'm saying? So what do we do? What do we do? We keep living intentionally because that's what we're told to do. We make our days count. We make our days count. That's what we can do. And we trust 
relentlessly. Again, I ask you, what else are you going to do with this stuff you don't know? And this stuff you don't know how it's going to work out and where it's going. What else are you going to do? Control your way through it? Oh, you're just going to mess it up and exhaust yourself. What are you going to do? Worry your your way through it? How's that going to get you? That's going to make you sick. And it didn't change anything. My friends, we live by faith, by trusting, not by figuring it out and knowing. So we live intentionally and we trust relentlessly. I'm almost done. I want to take just a couple more minutes and show you a powerful word picture that we find in the ancient scriptures of the Old Testament. There was a day in the history of Israel when they too did not know what was going to happen next and it was freaking them out. And they were on the verge of reality of being conquered and taken over into exile by Babylon and they didn't know what that was going to be like and how long and what's going to happen back at home and they're leaving everything and oh, it's just so unsettling and God wanted to send them a message through the prophet Jeremiah. So he said, Jeremiah, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go down the street to the local potter at the pottery shop. And I want you to pay attention to what you see. And and then I have a message I want you to give my people. When they didn't know what was going to happen next. Jeremiah said, so I did as God told me. And I found the potter working at his wheel. But the jar he was working, he was making, did not turn out as he had hoped. So he crushed it into a lump of clay again, and he started over. We have this word, we, we have this picture, we have this in our minds, right? You, you can see that. We, we know enough about it, you've seen enough about it through maybe documentaries or movies. You, you see this, you know, the, it just falls or it, it just doesn't turn out right or it caves in on itself. And we've seen the potter start again and start over again, more mud, more water, here we go. The potter crushes it and starts over, not because he's angry, not because he's frustrated, but because he's committed to the beautiful end, the beautiful result of his work of art, and he will not give up until it is as he has or she has envisioned at the very beginning in their mind. Then the Lord gave me this message, Jeremiah says, O Israel, can I not do to you as this potter has done to his clay? As the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. I don't know what you want to know. I don't know what you're trying to figure out. I don't know where you're experiencing a disappointment and a letdown and a disillusionment and a frustration. I don't know. But I can tell you what Jeremiah told Israel is true for you and I today as well. As clay is in the potter's hand, so you and me and all of us individually and together are in God's hands. So, that's why we live intentionally. That's why we keep trusting. 
relentlessly. Let's pray. Our Father, we are prone to control and worry because we don't see and we don't understand and we don't know what it is we want to. And living by faith is so hard. Father, I, I don't know what my friends, your children, my brothers and sisters are facing that they want to know and figure out. What they're worried about, what they would like to control. I know I have my own hands full of stuff, my own life. But Father, help us, help me to live with intentionality and purpose. To do not just what we can do wisely and healthily, but what we should do wisely and healthily. To, to make our days count, and there's always something we can do and should do next. Please help us to be wise. And then to trust you. On and on, again and again, over and over again with the same irritating things to trust you relentlessly. Father, you are perfect. You've done no wrong. You never fail. And yet, inevitably, we will be disappointed and let down by what you do and not do, by what you allow and you don't. And we don't know how to make sense of all of that. We don't know how to reconcile all of that. So that puts us right back into relentless trust and intentional living. So help us. We are clay in your hands. And out of your love, you are committed to a beautiful and the work of art that you have always been committed to in our lives. May we live on purpose with intentionality and keep trusting relentlessly in Jesus' name. Amen.